Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are in the market apparently for Isaiah Thomas. No, thank you. Uh, Carmelo Anthony spoke about the free agency pitch that LeBron James made to him. And uh, Frank Vogel is excited to see what the Lakers can do in transition. So all, a, a few of those things are actually linked up. So let's get to it. We start with the Lakers showing interest potentially in Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he is coming off of an 81-point or 82-point game uh, in a Pro-Am that went viral. His reaction after playing in that game uh, was especially uh, tough to watch, frankly. You know, you feel for the human being there where he feels like the NBA has kind of left him out to dry. And and it, and I can completely understand why. He pushed his body beyond its limits for the Boston Celtics. They traded him. And then he never received the kind of payday that he was anticipating coming off of that magical season where he received all NBA honors. So I, I totally understand from Isaiah Thomas's perspective why he feels the way that he does. That said, that's a completely different subject than, hey, I want Isaiah Thomas to be a Laker. As of right now, in terms of qualifications in order to be a Laker, Isaiah Thomas does have a an advantage over some of the other players on the open market in that he previously played for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, so that right there is probably where the initial interest is coming from. This also, you know, it, it this has to be pointed out, uh, given the way that the rumor cycle works. Uh, it might be that the uh, Isaiah Thomas camp, right, he and his agent, the people around him, are willing to go out there and say that the Lakers are showing interest just because... If you, are, if you are looking for a way to get your name back in the news cycle, there are a few more proven ways to do so than to float your name and the Lakers in the same rumor. So if, if that's what's going on here, it's beyond the Lakers' control, and I can't hold against the Lakers what they cannot control. But if this is the Lakers showing interest in Isaiah Thomas the player in the year 2021 A.D., I just don't get it. I, I I really don't. He was never an even decent defender. He was never even, like, on his best nights, he was a bad defender. Maybe league average. But at the end of the day, you know, basketball is a physical sport, and you can only expect a player who is 5'8"-ish to be able to perform at a certain level when he's at his absolute physical peak, and he is not that anymore. He's had these hip issues. He is uh, significantly older than uh, he was when he was on that Boston Celtics team. And and it's just, it's tough. It sucks to say this about a guy. But at the end of the day, it's not even really a knock. To say that somebody isn't an NBA player isn't criticism. Like, it's just saying that he is not one of the best, like, thousand basketball players of the tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people who play the sport. He is not one of those 900 best or whatever it is. And and you know what? That should be fine. But unfortunately for Thomas, it isn't because he was once one of those players. He was once in that fraternity. And 
and he feels like he was wronged in his departure from that uh, fraternity. So uh, for the Lakers, they're saying, you know, the report from Mark Stein is that the Lakers are looking for a little bit more punch coming off of the bench from the guard spot. I just, I don't see how you can say that they don't have enough punch, punch from the guard spot when they have Russell Westbrook, they have Kendrick Nunn, they have Malik Monk, and they have Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, where are those minutes going to come from for Isaiah Thomas? And that kind of gets us to our next point. The only circumstance that you can maybe make an argument for Isaiah Thomas here is if he says, I don't even need to play. I just want to be around the NBA again. I just want to be on an NBA team again. And if that's the case, and if he's not going to gripe about role or anything like that, and he just accepts his spot on the bench, you know, down there with Dudley, which by the way, like if you're going to have Isaiah Thomas taking up a roster spot on your bench, uh, you probably can't have uh, Jared Dudley doing so too. So they might have to make a choice between these two guys. But if if you are saying, if, or if Isaiah Thomas is going to tell me, no, I'm, I'm, I, just, I just want to be in the NBA one more time. I want to be a part of that team atmosphere one more time. Totally get it. Totally do from the human standpoint. I absolutely understand. Even there, though, if that is what he's hoping to do, doesn't it make more sense if you're the Lakers to see what you can get out of a out of a, a, a project like a Joe Ajayi or a Yai? It don't you want to see what Austin Reeves might turn into? Maybe you want another big on your team and you're saying that Devontae Kaycock is is makes more sense. Like there's upside there. There's no upside to Isaiah Thomas. The upside to Isaiah Thomas is he's a cool story. He gets to finish his career maybe with a championship. But for like the Lakers and what helps the Lakers here, not just this season, but moving forward, no real upside there. Isaiah Thomas isn't going to win you a, a basketball game at this stage of his career, let alone a series, let alone a big series, right? An important series. Uh, he's, he's just not at that stage of his career. So if the Lakers are just looking at those last few roster spots as, you know, just kind of chemistry guys or bodies or whatever, then I just think it's more productive and cheaper, by the way, and this is something that's probably going to play a role here. It's more productive and cheaper to keep Reeves, Ayayi, Kaycock, McClung, any of those guys than it would be to bring Isaiah Thomas in. And by the way, there are still players out there on the market who could help. Like Paul Millsap is sitting right there. Wesley Matthews is sitting right there. And I would hope that the Lakers would go in that direction before Isaiah Thomas and before they go down the path of trying to build up one of their undrafted free agents. All right. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was introduced and, and spoke to the media for the first time, had some really kind of enlightening things to say. Uh, none more so than this quote. I mean, for years we've always laughed about it and spoke about it and what it would be like. We had a little bit of experience with USA basketball and playing together, but that's totally different than in a situation like this. But we've always talked about it, laughed about it, joked about it. But I thought, and he thought, at this moment now, everything come back, comes back full circle for us. And I think the time is for now to be on the same team. It couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, that's Melo speaking on being a, a LeBron James teammate. He continues, quote, Once the Lakers reached out, I was with Bron a couple of times, and I'm sure everybody thought we were talking about it. But... We never had no conversations about it. Braun came to me one time and just said, the time is now. I want you. We got, we got to make this happen. 
And I took that information, I took that dialogue, and I took my time with it and weighed all the options. I felt like for right now, I think this was the best time for us. I mean, most people will say we should have got together years ago in our early career, but we were in two different lanes, we were on two different paths, everything came full circle, end quote. Uh, and and I, 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 this is one thing that I always find super interesting with guys at the end of their careers. They, they start looking back on their career and they start kind of, really analyzing each step along the way and where they were when they took those steps. For somebody like Carmelo Anthony, right, he forces his way off of a really good Denver Nuggets team to the Knicks. Uh, instead of waiting for free agency and going there and allowing the Knicks to uh, have more assets when he showed up, uh, he also, by the way, you know, when LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh all kind of designed their contracts to end at the same time, Carmelo Anthony opted for taking more money there and taking the extra year, right? And and that's kind of what he was talking about, I think, when he references the the different paths that they were on. And then and then you know you get to the end of your career. I don't think Carmelo Anthony has very many more years ahead of him, and he's probably saying, "How many more opportunities am I going to be a productive basketball player on an NBA Finals team, or an, or, or even better, an NBA champion?" And I think this is where uh, it's really cool to see that kind of maturity, that kind of introspection. Uh, it's 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 fascinating to see these guys talk about these things in that way and, and really examine themselves in that way. And, and I think that's what's going on here. So hopefully it works out. I really am honestly excited about LeBron, Mello, and AD being in the front court together. I think I think that has the chance of being a pretty good front court. Um, and, and if that works out and if he does help the Lakers win a championship, that just winds up being kind of the final gem in Melo's career and, and all the more for him or to him for doing so on his terms, kind of every step along the way. <laughs> Lastly, Frank Vogel was, uh, kind of talking about the entire off season where, where the Lakers are and uh, spoke about the Lakers in transition as something that he's really looking forward to. So uh, here's what he had to say, quote, I think anytime you have three great players like this, there's an element of sacrifice required. And, you know, we've all talked about that and are, and are all in on that. But these three guys can do it all. What I love about our group, Ron, AD, and Russ, is they're all make-the-right-play players. It's not just about scoring or being a one-dimensional player. They can do it all. I'm most excited about seeing what the three of them on the court at the same time looks like. I think we're going to be an extremely dynamic, fast-breaking team and one that can play off of all three guys in many different ways. I think with uh, the speed, athleticism of those guys, plus the complementary parts we put together, the shooters, the defenders, I think we got a real chance this year to do something special. It's on us now to put in the work and get these kinds of talented guys to buy in and put in the work. Hopefully we can achieve something special. So obviously a lot of coach speak, right? A lot of buy-in, a lot of sacrifice, all of that stuff. And it remains to be seen uh, what they're going to do in that respect. Though, again, like I've said a few times on this show, it's great to hear them at least saying those right things. They didn't do that last year, looking at you, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, but the the fast break stuff is, is uh, in particular very interesting here. If the Lakers can get stops, like if you're a team that, uh, is is trying to beat the Lakers, you can't let them get multiple stops on, in a row because chances are two or three of those, maybe three to five or four to five, four to six possessions that they get a stop on, 
they're going to be running and they're going to be running <laughs> running it right down your throat, right? Anthony Davis is going to get out in transition. He's going to run rim to rim. Uh, Russell Westbrook is going to do one of his one-man fast breaks. LeBron James is going to do LeBron James stuff in transition. And the Lakers are going to be really difficult to beat there. And that's where I think they're going to look their most overwhelming. The question just becomes whether they can get enough of those stops to be able to do that stuff on a consistent basis. I think so. I have to trust Frank Vogel and LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis in this regard. Uh, but there are some question marks defensively on this team. And and if they can figure it out, awesome, great. If they can't, then, you know, you got to tweak it a little bit and see what else you can do to get out and transition uh, more often than they would if they if they aren't getting enough stops. But still, I like the idea of getting out and transition again just because, you know, it's really easy for these guys to look at basketball being it's it's easiest when you're walking the ball out the court and just kind of pounding the other team into submission but where I think the Lakers really can make life easiest on them is if they get guys out on the wing and get into some early offense stuff and and then ask LeBron to execute when he absolutely has to but but getting out in transition getting those stops and making that work sounds great to me all right, before we get out of here, I do want to guide you guys to some good stuff uh, on Silver Screen and Roll and on this feed. Sabrina and I recorded a really fun podcast looking back at Dennis Schroeder. And then uh, if you stick around to the end of it, we, we do a lot of laughing looking back at the 2009 championship Lakers team and, and uh, the links back to it on this roster. It's kind of fun there. Uh, so that was a really fun conversation. And then on SilverScreenRoll.com, uh, Jacob Rood and Christian Rivas have done a fantastic job uh, either gathering up and, and analyzing the quotes from these pressers or, in, in, in uh, Christian's case, looking at the Isaiah Thomas situation and, and, and uh, whether he thinks it makes sense or not. Uh, all of that good stuff on SilverScreenRoll.com and on this podcast feed, so make sure you guys are uh, subscribed, rating, and reviewing the show. Until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good day.